Welcome to Blessings in Christ. I'm Scott Roberts. We are also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Our lesson today is the faith of Abraham, part two. And we ask that you like us on Facebook and please visit our website of blessingsinchristradio.com. Thank you. There is a God and only one who made the earth and sun. He made all things, created man according to his plan. Standing on the solid rock. 
even though he's gone now, I don't feel alone now. With comfort came the Spirit of the Lord. Now with his word to guide me, from temptations hide me, I'm standing on the solid rock. I'm standing on the rock, on the rock of ages, safe from every storm. All the storm that rages, rich in love and rich, not from Satan's wages, I'm standing on the solid rock. Now I'm pressing onward, each step leads me homeward, I'm trusting in my Savior day by day. And close is our relation, firm is this foundation, so on the solid rock I'll stay. Not from Satan's wages, I'm standing on the solid rock. I'm standing on the rock, on the rock of ages, safe from every stone. All the stone that rages, rich in love and rich. Not from Satan's wages, I'm standing on the solid rock. Let's look at Abraham. Abram means great father, was later called Abraham, which means the father of a multitude. So isn't that something how through obeying the Lord, he, he changed his name and God gave him every blessing that he ever promised him. He gave him Isaac, which is the son of promise. In Genesis 12, verses, uh, uh, Genesis 12, through uh, uh, much of Genesis, the Messianic promises from Genesis 3.15 were transformed and restated in the Abrahamic promises, the things that God had promised Abraham. According to those promises, there are actually three parts to the promise that God had given Abraham, land, seed, and blessings. So not only land, which would be the land of Israel, a land flowing with milk and honey, but seed, which had the offspring, his original offspring, you know, you had uh, uh, Isaac and then Jacob and then the 12 uh, sons and the 12 tribes of Israel. And we see what a great nation Israel would become. And finally, the greatest would be spiritual blessings, which now the same spiritual blessings which were given to Abraham would also be given to all of us, which we all experience now by being members of the Lord's church, the church of Christ. Land, seed, and blessing. So a three-part blessing would be given to Abraham's descendants. And through these descendants, the entire world would be blessed. So everything that Abraham did and his following, his obedience, his belief in what the Lord had given him, has actually uh, flowed over to us also in the church today. The seed aspect of these blessings specifically amplifies the unconditional promise of one who would defeat the forces of evil in Genesis 3 and verse 15. And of course, Jesus Christ helped us to overcome sin 
and evil by being forgiven by being forgiven. Genesis 15 introduced the Abrahamic covenant as a formal covenant relationship with Abram. It took the form of an official treaty between God and Abraham. The ritual of cutting animals in half was symbolic of an official treaty between two individuals. However, the unconditional nature of this treaty was seen in the fact that Abraham was asleep while God alone passed through the animal pieces. That's Genesis 15 verses 12 and verse 17. Thus, the fulfillment of the treaty was totally dependent upon God. And isn't that the same today, that when we have an obedience and a faith and a faith that grows and a faith that lasts, that God is the one that not only enables us to continue that faith, but he will also reward that faith. Maybe we will uh, get some blessings on earth, but all of God's uh, blessings will be fully realized uh, in death, eternity. It is appointed to man once to die and after this, the judgment. And of course, in eternity and hopefully a, a home with God in heaven someday will happen. With total faith in God's promises, Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him with righteousness. Despite God's promise that Abraham would have a son of his own body, Sarah insisted that they use Hagar, their Egyptian, as a surrogate mother. As a result, Hagar's son Ishmael, which means God's here, became the ancestor of the Arab, the Arab people that are over in that land today. But we know that uh, Ishmael would not be the descendants of God's promises that would come through Isaac because that uh, he came through uh her handmaid, but we know that uh, Sarah would beget Isaac. So God's selection of Isaac by a miraculous birth to Abraham and Sarah in their old age was a deliberate uh, uh, showing of God's divine will to reflect the great lineage that would come from his line. The birth of Isaac, which means laughter, caused Sarah to laugh with God instead of laugh. She actually laughed, which means that she couldn't believe that it would happen. We don't want to be guilty of that, beloved, that anything that God has told us in the Bible, we cannot question, but we need to obey. You know, there's a lot of organizations in the world today that say, you know, women, they don't have to be covered or women, are, you know, they, they can speak out in church or there can be women preachers or, uh, you know, women teachers of Bible study, whatever. Uh, this is not according to the Bible. According to man's wisdom, men will say, well, it's okay. You know, well, so-and-so said this or this reverend or this pastor or whoever, they said it was okay. Like Brother James said, uh, uh, there was a pastor that approved a tattoo. So that lady said, well, hey, a pastor approved it. But did God approve it? No. You know, and God doesn't approve the women speaking out uh, and saying, uh, oh, well, that's okay. Things have changed. But the women are covered and they're silent and you know, we, uh, we, we preached all the commandments that God has given us, not questioning God's will. So Sarah nor Abraham uh, should doubt God's promises to them. Continuing on, despite the request, Abraham's faith was expressed by telling his servants when he went up 
to uh, sacrifice his son Isaac, he said, we will come back to you. That's in Genesis 22 and verse 5. At the most dramatic moment, the angel of the Lord called Abraham to stop. He had passed the test of faith and God provided a ram instead. So how it, it, the same thing is for Christians today. Uh, there might be times where we think, let's just, I'm not going to get through this situation. And how's this going to happen? And, and maybe a very uh, serious time in our life or a doubtful time in our life. And God will always provide a way out. And we look back over the years, you know, after losing dad and mom would agree that we've always been blessed our entire life. There's never been a time where we were without the Lord. And there was never a time where he was not blessing our home. And because God always gives us a way out. Now, there might have been times where maybe we didn't have what we wanted, but we had our needs according to God. So can we have that same faith? Looking at the flyer here for the next few minutes here, uh, we'll see on our introduction, Abraham is called the father of the faithful and the friend of God. He is an example to us in many ways. So we will do comparisons uh, with the life of Abraham with our Christian life. Therefore, it is always good to study and to learn from that which God, uh, which the Bible reveals about him. God regarded Abraham as his friend because he was ever faithful to God and always submitted to the will of God. We need to do the same today. In his faithfulness and obedience, Abraham demonstrated several characteristics that we would do well to emulate that we too might become the friends of God. And not only the friends of God, but the sons of God. John 1 and verse 12, As many as received him, to him he gave the power to become the sons of God. And how is this possible? First of all, we must be separate from the world. Romans 12 and verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what, it, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We must live a life of worship. In the book of Psalms, give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship him in the beauty of holiness. And also, beloved, not only have an, an obeying faith, but we must keep the commandments of God. 1 John 5 and verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. As seen in the illustrations and the scriptures that we will look at in the flyer, whatever God wanted Abraham to do, he did without question. Let's stop here for a second. I've heard James say this in his lessons. Uh, what do, we, what do kids do all the time? And, and that's the one word that we don't want to hear as parents is why. You know, why do I have to do this? Or why do we have to do this? Or why do we have to do this every, you know, all the time? Parents don't want to hear it. You know, when we tell our children that they need to do something, they need to do it. And if they continue to ask why or why or why, you know, that can really test our patience. God doesn't want to hear it either. You know, we don't go to, you know, you've heard these preachers on, on, on TV say, hey, go to the church of your choice. 
Now, where is that in the Bible? I want to go to the church of the Lord's choice. I want to go to the Lord's church. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Jesus said, Thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against I want to go to the Lord's church that teaches all the truth. And why is it that in the denominational world and, and even in the liberal churches of Christ that they want to do things according to what they vote on or what's what's happening at that time and I want to do what the Bible says and not questioning what the Word of God says because Jesus will judge us as Christians he will judge the nations and he will judge his church how well will we do whether it was leaving his homeland casting out one son or sacrificing another he obeyed God without question or or a calm. We read of Lazarus being carried to Abraham's bosom, so we believe he is in paradise. And you know, he had not received all of those blessings until he went into eternity. Now let us study and learn more about Abraham. We know that uh, that we live under the New Covenant, the New Testament, but uh, we know that there is much that we can learn from the Old Testament. Galatians 3 and verse 24, we know that the Old Testament was our schoolmaster. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But that after faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. We'll stop there on the front cover of the flyer. Um, we, uh, you can go ahead and turn to the inside of the flyer now here. We know that, uh, that uh, an obedient faith will allow us to uh, be uh, pleasing unto God and we will live a Christian life. Romans 4 and verse 11, And he received a sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith, which he had yet been uncircumcised, that he might be the father of them that believe. Though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. So we know that we uh, have the spiritual covenant and the spiritual promises through the church today. And then, of course, we don't live under the Old Testament law of circumcision, but we have the spiritual circumcision, so to speak. And that is, of course, we live a Christian life through Christ Jesus. James 2 and verse 23 all the scripture was fulfilled was said abraham believed god and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called a friend of god we know that jesus christ lives in our heart by faith we know that we have the indwelling of the holy spirit we have the word of god which lives uh, with us and he guides us unto all righteousness you know that paul was telling timothy to be an example to believers in word and conversation and charity uh, we know that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So we know that we live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The first thing we have listed in our flyer is faithful and obedience. Nearly every action in Abraham's life shows his great faith in God. He left his country and countrymen never to return. Let's ask ourselves a question today. Um, and of course, we know that no one in the audience has to move hopefully uh, doesn't have to move i think sister judy said she might go to texas but what happens if perhaps there's something in our christian life 
that we need to move away from. You know, here's an example. You know, uh, the kids have peer pressure. Perhaps, you know, there's a friend that is maybe preventing us, uh, you know, that's being a bad influence on us. You know, I experienced that in high school. You know, there was perhaps a group of people that were a bad influence. Now, we know that Jesus Christ, when he went to the house of sinners, he tried to teach them. And, but he never was friends with the sinners. He was there to teach them, and he did convert many. So that's an example to us uh, today. Uh, you know, perhaps uh, there are those that are a bad influence on us, or maybe there's an activity. Here's an example. There was a young man that was baptized at Carter several years ago, and he had a job. And we know that jobs are, are, are very important for our own uh, health and, and our, uh, to provide for ourselves and our family. But he had a job that prevented him from going to church. You know, uh, if there's an occasional time that perhaps we had to work on a Sunday or something, an emergency that we had to go to, uh, you know, then we have to make that decision, you know. And if we are providentially hindered from attending worship, then there's nothing we can do. But to have a job that every Sunday you're going to miss church, then I told this young man, I said, it's time to get another job, you know. And I don't care if you have all the money in the world that there are other jobs out there that you will not prevent you to go to church. I was in sales for years, and I was, uh, not to brag, but I was the number two salesman in the state of Ohio. And I sold, uh, and James will laugh, I had the big stereo, the big Sony stereos, the big screen TVs, and it was fun, made good money. And they said, you gotta work weekends. I said, now wait a second, you know, I, I'm not gonna be working on Sunday. I don't care if you give me a million dollars, I will not work on Sunday because God comes first. And then it got to where I started to like to travel and um, taking care of my mother and traveling to all these churches have both been dreams and it's just a wonderful dream fulfilled that the Lord gave me. Uh, and I told him, I said, you know what? I, don't, I can't work Saturdays because I like to travel to other churches. I can't go down to Beattyville, which is a five-hour trip, uh, and, and work Saturday. So I told them I didn't work Saturday. Well, they weren't too happy about that. So my sales career actually ended after that. And I got an office job for 25 years at McGraw Hill where I sat in an office Monday through Friday. So anyway, the God will always provide a way out. So faithful and obedience is anything preventing us from being a Christian. Our obligations, the saints met on the first day of the week uh, to memorialize Christ. Uh, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, staying up half the night on Saturday night. You know, oh, there's good movies on Saturday night. Or, the, you know, the West Coast football games come on at 9 o'clock until midnight or whatever. We have to, to, to make sure our schedule is putting God first and doesn't prevent us, you know, on Sunday morning from being at worship or doing the personal work. So is there anything that we, too, need to move away from in our Christian life? And only we can answer that. So Hebrews 11 and verse 8, we see an obedient faith means God comes first. And if we have to move away from something, then we will. Romans 11 and verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into place, which he should receive for inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heirs according to the same promise. And a tabernacle, of course, is a temporary dwelling. Um, 
So instead of uh, looking through that whole chapter, we'll move over to the next page. And uh, this is a, a wonderful point that uh, one of my favorite parts of the lesson here, and on the, the next page over there in black, it says, He believed the promise of a son, though such a birth was naturally impossible. Beloved, if we can have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, we will say unto this mountain, Be ye removed, and it will be so. If it is God's will, not just that mountain will be removed, but entire mountain ranges can be removed. So how is that possible? Does that mean Scott can... Uh, come out here uh, to the Appalachian Mountains and say, well, I want this mountain to be gone, and boom, it'll happen. No, but what it's saying is that if God wills that every mountain in the world will not stand between us, is there a mountain or a mountain range in our life that is preventing us from being a better Christian? Is there something that we need to do for a, a, a loved one? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a, a loved one. Maybe it's a friend at work or whatever that we need to do it. Well, we need to pray about it. And if it's God's will that that's going to happen, then it's going to happen. And it doesn't matter if it's naturally impossible. It doesn't matter according to man's wisdom. It's according to God. So our question today is, are we living according to God's will? And do we have that faith? Not what I want, but what God wants. And I, am I in that place, that driver's seat, which of course our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the driver's seat. Is in the driver's seat. And are, do we have our faith in Christ? I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me, knowing that we can overcome all things through Christ. Can we have that faith? And if we have to move over a mountain, to become a better Christian can we have the faith to overcome that situation you don't let anything come between you and your Lord or what needs to be done you know Paul wasn't worried about going to Jerusalem knowing he would probably have to face uh, eventually death and imprisonment he wasn't afraid of the things he had to face that he knew that God was with him no matter what so you don't let any mountain come between you and God and what you need to do and let's have that same faith Romans 8 38 through 39 Paul said, I am persuaded of neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall what? Shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. Even though the having uh, his son was naturally impossible, and you know, you'd go see every doctor and they say, oh, that's not going to be possible. But if God wills it, it's going to happen. So looking at the flyer again, Romans 4 and verse 18. Who against hope, believed in hope, and thought he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And be not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that which had promised he was also able to perform. So don't we see here that if we have that devotion and that faith, knowing that God will also remove mountains. 
Just a couple more here and we'll conclude. The next part in the, the flyer we've already covered, he cast out a son Ishmael when Sarah and God commanded it. And of course, we know uh, that there was one son that would not obtain the blessings of God, but one son would, and that would be Isaac. And isn't that the same today? Perhaps one of the saddest things is you'll have a large family or even a small family with perhaps a few children. And why is it a few or maybe just one or just a few children will obey the plan of salvation and the rest of the children won't? And uh, that's such a sad situation, but that happens in the world every day. You know, they'll have the same upbringing and they'll have the same parents and they'll go to the same church, but perhaps when they get older, you know, one or just a few of the children will obey and others will go out into the world. That is a very sad situation. So especially to our young people, will we obey what we have read or we will forget? Will we forget what our parents have taught us? You know, the Bible tells us, teach a way, teach a child the way of the Lord. And when he is older, it will not depart from him. And also in the New Testament, it says, bring up your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. You know, I was blessed with Christian parents, and they not only taught me the commandments, but they lived the commandments. Will we take heed, and especially our young people here with us today, that, you know, it's wonderful. I think James Winton was looking at colleges and, and Landon, so he's only...